Hello, my name is Kate Gingell, and you're listening to the Remarkableness Podcast. Today, I'm with the very remarkable and inspiring Carmen Marshall. Carmen is the founder of the Soulcraft line of modern spirited educational programs, products, courses, gifts, and wisdom to help you create a life you really actually love, while earning great money, and yes, figuring out how to have it all. Based on her distinctive body of work that focuses on a unique East meets West approach, Carmen is a fierce advocate for designing your work around your lifestyle and teaches women from around the world how to craft their souls and their pocketbooks. Carmen currently lives in Maui in Bali. I hope you enjoy this episode, together with the rather noisy but very beautiful Australian birds in the background. Carmen, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. It's very exciting to be up here in beautiful Avalon as well with the birds singing outside. So thank you for agreeing to spend some time this afternoon. Oh, you're so welcome, Kate. I'm really happy to be here. Thank really you. looking forward to it. Thank you. Now, I have, um, I mean, I've talked about you in the intro. I've kind of admired you from afar, from a long time, for your um, the way you live your life. Um, you really just have this way about you of um, walking your talk um, and that... The life, it's joyful. And have you always been like that? And did you grow up in a kind of entrepreneurial family as well? In, in Canada, mm. you grew up. Yeah, yeah I grew up mm. in Canada. Mm. My dad's Canadian and my mom's American. Mm. But they met at an American college. Right. And then once they got married, they moved back to Canada. Okay. So I'm actually dual citizenship, okay. so which is mm. very fortunate. Mm. Um, so I would say my dad was a minister. Right. So he didn't have your typical nine to five job. Mm. So I think that's where my entrepreneurial spirit probably came from. Mm. And my mom was always doing something, whether she was, you know, baking goods and selling them or, right. or making different, um, like pillows and all these animals and stuff. So I think that's probably where it was from. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also just never seeing my parents go to a nine to five job. I saw them building their own because just like my dad being a pastor, that's kind of yeah. like a business in a way. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So have you got siblings as well? I do. So do. And are they kind of the same way? Are they, are they, or are they doing more kind of conventional? No, um, very, I wouldn't say similar, mm. but it's a similar path. My, mm. my sister's two years younger than me. Right. And she still lives in Canada. Right. And she's a um, psychologist, okay. but mm. she works for herself. So that's probably a combination of my dad, of course, being a pastor. So she loves, you know, listening and helping people, but she works for herself as well. Okay. Mm. So at what stage did you decide you actually wanted to own your own business? I mean, did you know when you were at school, for example, where you, did you think, you know, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be when you, when you grew up? (laughs) I did and it, but it didn't turn out the way I thought. (laughs) I wanted to be a foreign ambassador. (laughs) And the reason being is I've always loved travel, but I always Mm. liked living in the country that Mm. I would, like not as a tourist, I wanted to actually live there. Mm. So to me, I thought that would be amazing, you know, Mm. be an ambassador in London or Brazil Mm. or, you know, et cetera. Um, But what happened is I went to university Mm -hmm. and then after university, I got married and my ex-husband, who's actually Australian, um, and we're still really good friends, we wanted to live overseas Mm. and we got a job managing a language institute in South Korea. Right. And so that was kind of my quote unquote dream job at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. because we we're going to be overseas. Mm-hmm. I was an English lit major. Um, right. I still thought I wanted to be an ambassador. So it was kind of just a, you know, a stepping stone. But what happened is we worked really hard for this boss for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I saw him making all the money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like me and my husband, my husband and I were working really hard making yes. him wealthy. Yeah. And I just suddenly thought, you know, what if I took my work ethic and put it into my own business? 
business, mm-hmm. I could create wealth mm-hmm. and I probably would enjoy what I was doing more yeah. because I also didn't really like my job at all. Right. So that's kind of where the seed got sown that, mm-hmm. oh, I, I could actually have my own business. Mm-hmm. This, this guy does, but I'm working for him, making him wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> so surely there has to be a business out there that I could find and that I would also like doing. Yeah. That was the other thing okay. too. So what age were you then? I was, I graduated from uni in when I was about 24, yeah. and we were there for a year and a half, so it was probably around 25, 26, right. okay. when that so desire, pretty yeah. yeah, pretty young. And so where did you look at that point? I mean, what, what, <laughs> which avenue did you kind of, you know, go down to start with to find that, to find that business? Mm, well, it was really interesting because you, you're pretty naive at that age, mm. and I didn't come from a wealthy family at all, but I thought, oh, I'll just go find a business. Yeah. <laughs> And then you start looking in newspapers and you start reading magazines at the back and you're looking at franchises and businesses. And it was very quickly I realized I didn't have the money to actually afford a business. And there was really only two businesses I could afford. Right. So there was one that was a dog wash. Right. And I wasn't a, I love cats. I like dogs too. But I just (laughs) don't. Not mad enough to. Not mad enough to. And then yeah. there was a, um, a direct mail order company that you mm. could purchase. So basically, you would be licking envelopes all day. Right. And that was kind of my, my prerequisite. I wanted to have my own business, but mm. I wanted to really like what I did. Mm. Because mm. that year and a half, I really did not like what I was doing. Okay. So then that's, that's kind of where I was like, oh, the other thing, and this, this actually was a life-changing experience for me. We were in South Korea for a year and a half. Mm. And even though we didn't like what we were doing, we thought, let's just stay and keep saving money, mm. and then we'll have s- something to start our business with. Yes. But what happened, that was the Asian crises back in, oh, goodness, it's got to be around like 1997, yep. 1998. So we put all of our money into the bank in South Korea, into stocks. Mm. A year and a half later, oh it crashed, and we got out of there with like nothing, Gosh. almost nothing. Okay. So that mm. was the other thing is I'm not going to spend my time doing something just for money. Yeah. I'm a big believer in money, but mm. I'm going to do something I love yeah. because the money can go just like that. Yes, exactly. Mm. Wow. So that was here. You then get, you, you found this business in Australia then? Yes. 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 So okay. we, yeah. from South Korea, mm. when everything crashed, mm. we came to Australia mm. because that's where my husband was from, mm. and then um, we stayed in Brisbane for three years right. so his parents were in Brisbane and that's when I started really looking in earnest yeah. and my husband at the time got a job mm-hmm. and then that gave me the ability to really start looking really start for different looking things for a different yeah. one. and what kind of um, I mean just jumping right into it really but what kind of challenges did you face both with that first business and then obviously mm-hmm. with Usana which was a later one where, yeah. um, which is how I know you what were the biggest challenges you kind of faced at the beginning you, did you have that belief in yourself already that you could do it? I know you wanted to do it, but mm. you, you had that feeling that, I, you know, I, I could do this, obviously. It was probably two-sided. There was half of me, again, that naivety, which I think is really good sometimes, mm. where I was just like, I can do anything. Yeah. So that's a, it's a really good thing. But then when I got started in it, I realized, well, here I am, by this time 27, mm. talking to men who are like 50 or 60, mm. saying, you should join this business. Mm. And that's where the self-doubt kicked in, because yeah. I was like, what 
you know, whether it's a businessman or a businesswoman at age 50 is going to listen to a little 27-year-old. Mm-hmm. So that's where I had to do a lot of self-growth to get the belief. Yeah. So I think my naivety served me, mm-hmm. but then I also had to look at, okay, why am I a little bit scared to call people mm-hmm. or to build this? And it was just because I thought I was too young. Okay. And then okay. I started realizing how, how I got around it is, well, these businessmen who are looking at this business opportunity, mm-hmm. they're obviously not entirely happy with where they are in life. So I have something to offer them. May or may not be a fit, but they're actually coming to me looking for something, mm. so that means that they're not as happy or as together as you might think they would yeah. be. Yeah, and I think mm. that has to be quite common, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. there's a yeah. there's a need, obviously, to be earning money, particularly if you're middle-aged and you have families and that kind of thing. There must be so many people out there who are going through the motions as opposed to really doing what they love. Yes. And that's yes. something that you have, um, you know, triumphed over. I mean, at what point did you bring that in to really um, work out how to build your business around your passions? Because mm. I know you're, you, you teach Zumba. Yeah. Um, you're incredibly fit. You look about 20 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. When you're 47, you start really appreciating looking a little bit younger. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was... The halfway point, so the first company that I started building my business around was a personal development company. Right. So that really, um, really taught me some deep things about personal development because it wasn't your typical motivational seminar. It was mm. more about quantum physics. Mm. And yeah, it was really incredible stuff. And again, at 27, mm. you know, I'd never, I'd come from a religious background. So the idea yeah. that you could create your universe just was mm. never talked about. Mm. So that, and the idea that money was good, you know, that there was some big life-changing um, and life-changing beliefs that I went through at that time. Yeah. So I love the personal development, but at the time I was getting into fitness and yoga and dance. And then I thought, you know, I'd really like to have a business where I'm teaching personal development, but I'm also teaching health and fitness. And I'm also teaching life design and money. And so that's where the first kind of glimmer of, I'd like to teach this well-balanced, well-rounded life. Mm -hmm. And it had many, you know, metamorphoses or many um, transitions that started Mm -hmm. out as Mentor International. And then it became Live Well International. And then Create a Life You Love and now Soulcraft. So it's had many renditions, but it's always been the same where I've wanted to help people create the life that I wanted to create mm. and to have balance in, in all those areas. So your money, your purpose, your health, your yeah. relationships. So you've kind of reinvented not yourself but what you are producing for other people or teaching mm. other people. And how important do you think that is? Because you've done that several times now yeah. and it, mm. I imagine it kind of lights you up again um, as, well as, as well as offering something new to, to people in your business and outside. Yes. Yeah, I have a big belief that about every four to five years we have to reinvent, and even just in our health. And I've really seen this for myself. Every four to five years, I've got to change even how I eat or change my exercise up. So it it can get where you kind of get into thinking something really works and you just stay with that. But about four to five years, my business has to change, and even how I'm exercising, how I'm eating has to change too. So that was part of it. I think also just following your intuition, not just what's in the marketplace, what people are wanting, but what you feel like you want to give to others as well. So a good example is I used to have my own um, dance modality called Sexy Fit. So Sexy Fit Dance. Mm -hmm. And I also had a nutrition challenge called Sexy Fit Nutrition Challenge. So there came a point where I wanted to bring more soul now, at the time, Sexy Fit was perfect, but mm-hmm. that was me. Like, I really wanted to show people that 
being healthy isn't about being just thin. It's about feeling vivacious and a bit, bit kind of saucy in your own skin. Yeah. You know, like not sexy baba boom, but like yeah, yeah I feel yeah. sexy in my skin, even yeah. though I'm fifty or sixty or. So that really worked for probably you know quite a long period of time. Mm. And then about two years ago, I was like, I, I want to shift a little bit more into the soulfulness. So that's when I rebranded into Soulcraft. Mm-hmm. And now Sexy Fit Dance is now Soul Fit Dance. And then I also, part of the reason why I called it Soulcraft is that the soulfulness is there, but the word craft helps people realize that there still is an intention and work. Mm-hmm. You can't just be up, you know, meditating on a hill. No, you actually have to, come to you. Exactly, yes. yeah. yeah. You've got yeah. to actually put the work yeah. into it. So soul craft is soulful, but you're crafting your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and building it around the things that they love uh, as yes. well and, and finding that. Yeah. How do you, um, I mean, I did, it's a soul craft for those who are listening. It's eight week. It's the most beautiful course. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I learned so much from it. And Carmen's put all her um, you know, energy and experience and wisdom mm-hmm. and, and soul into it, really. But for people who don't know, you know, you ask people what their passion is, and very mm-hmm. often they don't know what their passion is. And I think for a lot of women, perhaps for a certain age, their children have been their passion for so mm-hmm. long, mm-hmm. Um, and then the children are no longer around, and it's kind of like starting again. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some, it's a massive release, and they know what they want to do. But for many others, it's harder than that. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you help people find? what they want to do how do they how do you help them find themselves and um you know what what would be a, a good way for them to start that process what they really love if they, yeah. can't, if they don't know straight yes. off the bat <laughs> yeah and it's so so common because mm. if you've been focused on your children or focused on the home life mm. or even focused on a business mm. we haven't usually made time for the things that we love so yeah. we were like i don't even know what it is mm. so there's probably two pathways to that one of the simplest ones is what I call just follow the thread of inspiration and don't get caught up in the idea of what is my complete purpose. Because every time we think about what is my purpose, that's pretty scary. Yeah, exactly. And especially if we think, you know, our purpose is meant to be something as big as Mother Teresa. Mm. And that's not what it has to be. <laughs> so no. one of my purposes, and I teach this, that we actually have three purposes. Mm-hmm. And one of my purposes is around dance because that's something that I so love. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a purpose that can be a little bit bigger than that. Um, and then we also have a purpose that's just connected to who we are as an individual. Like it's just there. Um, so I, I teach this in my retreats, yeah. but I want to give you a really, probably the easiest way to do it is to think about the things that give you the joy right now. So just that little spark. And it could be knitting. Mm-hmm. It could be a yoga class. It could be a dance class. But not to judge it or to think, well, that's not big enough to be my purpose. Just follow that thread of joy. Mm-hmm. And that thread, just like a yarn, is going to lead you to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And it takes off the pressure. Mm-hmm. And that is... For me, it was always dance. Mm -hmm. So that was like, I love dance. And then that ended up being, I became a dance teacher. And I didn't start dance until I was 27. So it's not something... Yes, I remember you saying that, actually. Mm. And I think think you've done it since you were little. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But just having this, like, I want to dance and and letting go of the fear that, you know, you have to be perfect Mm. and following that. Mm. And that, interestingly, ended up being such a core of my whole entire business and teaching people to follow what they love. And a lot of my clients came from attending my dance class but not necessarily that person, but someone they knew, who they knew, who they yeah. knew. So, mm-hmm. But the thing is, it may even not, like you, if you follow your thread of joy right now, mm-hmm. that might even not be your main purpose or what's even going to be what you built your business around, but it will lead you to something else. 
like right now for the first time in my life, I'm more interested in yoga. I used to be interested in it like 20 years ago and then I just lost interest. Now I'm so interested and I just know I have to follow that. I don't know where it's going to lead, no. but I know it will lead somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, follow follow just that thread mm. of inspiration and let it open up for you. Mm. And I think by doing what we love, even if it is, as you say, very simple, without necessarily the end in mind, it does completely raise our vibration. And, that, yes. and just being in that space, mm. I think, helps us give us kind of clarity and just the, the feeling um, that we can do more in a way too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if you'll start teaching mm. yoga one day then as well. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Um, oh. You had, uh, well, you have an extraordinary work ethic. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, you know, your your businesses and your success and entrepreneurship and everything hasn't happened, you know, through as you say, sitting around doing. Have you, have you ever felt like giving up? Mm, yes, yes, mm-hmm. so many times. I I think it happens more often when you first start a mm. business or a venture. Mm. And when I look back 20 years ago, when I basically really started when I was 27, I would say I felt like quitting like once a month. Right. You know, you just mm. hit a roadblock or mm. you have doubt or whatever. Mm. Um, but there's a few things, and I'll talk about this later, would help me continue. But as time goes by, it then becomes once every six months, you know, and then once every year. And then now I would even say, you know, once about every two years, I'm ready to throw the towel in, you know. <laughs> but that's just, your, your problems are different, um, but your emotional strength is much, much stronger. Yeah. And so you can weather the ups and downs. And you start to realize that that's just business in life. You'll have an up and then you'll have a down. Yeah. And so your responsibility is just to kind of keep it even keel. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're reinventing yourself all the time, I mean, you are actually... Um, encountering different problems too. It's not yeah. just problems in one business that might change because you're kind of reaching, and you know, the higher heights as it were. You're actually facing new, completely new problems. So you're having to yeah. learn new skills as you go as well. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you have a kind of team of mentors and and people around you to to go to when you're facing, or, or are you somebody who just loves to learn everything themselves and do it all? <laughs> I it's. I would say I always have had some good people I can go and talk to. Mm. Um, I've, I'm not, I don't feel like I've had a ton of mentors, but there's always been someone in my path that I could ask, you know, what did they do? Mm. Um, and there's people throughout the years that I've also gone back to, you know, mm. that I just really value their opinion. And, and what I always look for is people that I, I admire their business, but I like their life as well. So that's yeah. really important that their life is working too. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell all my clients, never ask someone for advice if they haven't done it, mm-hmm. um, or if they don't have that. And we're, none of us are perfect by any means, mm-hmm. but you know they've got a semblance of their business and their life working. Yes, exactly. So because then you're getting advice from good people. Yeah. Um, and then I also do this at night. If there's a challenge, I'll just say to myself, "Okay, I would love to." feel or have any insight come to me in the morning mm. and then you just kind of let your subconscious your higher self work on it yeah and that that tends to really help as well as um and i'm sure the people who are listening you probably know this if i'm running because when you're moving and you're not actually really thinking that's when ideas come in when i'm washing dishes right. because my hands are busy or i'm showering so yeah. those are the three things that I know, like if I have something to solve, I'll mm. go do those things. And usually ideas come in because you're in. busy, but your mind is kind of switched off yeah. and then ideas can come in. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And so just talking a little bit more about this, what, are there any particular skills you feel people need 
before starting their own business. And mm. obviously, from an emotional point of view, they need the, the, the commitment, I suppose, and the determination mm. to learn new things. But are there, would you say there are any key skills that are absolutely critical for people to have? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think one of the things is one that I learned from one of my mentors I keep going back to, Marie Forleo. Mm. So she has a great eight-week program, which is also, I did did nine years ago. Nine years nine ago. Nine years ago. Goodness, Crazy, I didn't eh? even know it was around then. Well, yeah, it's yeah. actually been around 10 years because I didn't mm. do it the first year. I, did, I hadn't right. even heard of it, so I did okay. the second year. Okay. So I take a group mm. through every year and mm. learn so much myself every year again. But she is really who helped me take my business online mm. um, and then there's a, a few sayings that she has that have always impacted me so one of them is everything is figure outable mm. and I think that as an entrepreneur that the meaning of an entrepreneur is finding solutions to challenges yeah. so it's not you know being a, a digital nomad that's not the definition of being an entrepreneur yeah. <laughs> it's actually you find the obstacles and you're able to figure out you know how to get around them mm. so yeah. I think that's really crucial um emotional resilience mm. to weather the ups and downs mm. so there's that old um, story about the father who gets his son I'm trying to remember how it goes but basically in this family something good happens and mm. the whole village says isn't that great and he's like we'll see yeah. and then something bad happens the whole village is like you know isn't that terrible yeah. he's like we'll see yeah. and it just it's just keeping that even keel because we have the ups and downs yes, exactly. and that's yeah. you know just in every business and mm. in every life story of course yeah, yeah. And it, yes mm. exactly and just living through those you can't and you can't actually i mean you can't have the the light without the dark anyway can no. you? we, we yeah. don't really mm. appreciate things unless we actually have you know if we're yeah. just going along with even keel all the time we actually get a bit stagnant and a bit bored anyway probably yeah. so yeah exactly and it's our learning we learn, you know, the greatest things when we're having challenges anyway. Yeah. So, mm, and I mm. think also always centering our business or what we're doing around what we love doing. Yeah. Because then we will enjoy the journey. Yes. And it's not, mm. you've got to enjoy, I mean, it, it's kind of a cliche, but cliches are cliches because they're very true. Mm-hmm. But you've got to enjoy the journey because it's, it really is more about that than actually getting to the goal. Because yeah. oftentimes when we reach the goal, we're like, okay, what's next? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so it's it's mm. not the, mm. the attainment. It's actually mm. along the way. Mm. And like I was talking about in South Korea, mm. if you reach the goal, like we had a lot of money in the bank. Right. But again, that can be taken away. Yeah. Was it worth that year and a half that you didn't enjoy? Mm. So yeah, exactly. even today when we, we're going through difficulties, because we have multitude of different businesses now, mm. I always think this will pass mm. and just mm. try to be okay in the mm. moment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because that's all that matters. Yeah. Because who knows what's going to happen? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if we're not enjoying, as you say, if we're not enjoying the ride, as it were, it, it, there is a great tendency for people to achieve something, and they're excited for, you know, an hour mm-hmm. a day, a month maybe, and then there's something else to cut. And it, it's just such a shame, really, because yeah. we're not celebrating your achievements every day, or yeah. even just just being alive and enjoying what you're doing every day. Yeah. Um, then actually, that 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 kind of destiny that we're trying to get there actually doesn't doesn't leave as nice a taste in the mouth I don't think once you actually finally get there absolutely mm. yeah and the people who are the most successful mm. they actually enjoy like say it's a basketball player mm. they actually enjoy practicing and practicing and practicing mm. or mm. you know any businessman or businesswoman they actually love absolutely love what they do yeah so yeah. that's why I just think it's so important it's mm. going to be hard mm. so figure mm. out what you love to yes. do yes. yeah yeah, and centering the 
centered around yeah. that. Mm. It's funny you talk about hard. I mean, anybody who um, you know looks in from the outside, and um, if you because you have a few, few years ago, you were living six months in Bali and six months in Maui, mm. weren't you? Isn't that right? Yes, yeah. And that just mm. sounds so utterly idyllic. Uh, were you running retreats in both of those places, or were you just in Bali? Just in Bali, because yeah, right. okay. yeah. it was a little bit more exotic even then than Maui. Mm. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm. And is that something that you you had? I mean, how many did you have groups of people coming to yeah, you from yeah. all over the world? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. So mm. we will have another. I haven't done one in Bali for a while because we've right. been in Maui for a couple of years. Yes, but yes. we'll do. We'll start up the Bali ones again. Okay. okay. And then probably Tulum is the other right. place. Right. But Bali's got my heart, especially for retreats, retreats. because it's so different mm. when people get there. Okay. Like it's just, and even just that flight, which is you know a long, long ways away for North Americans. Probably yeah. not as much for Australians. No, it's actually not. Mm. It's quite an easy place to get to. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. To others. <laughs> and were you then bringing to that all that you were bringing to? Was that was some of that personal development as well as kind of yoga and dance and that kind of, and meditation and that kind of thing? Were you? Yeah, it was the whole premise of the retreats is really how to design your life. So it's right. eight days getting people out of their element mm. so they can purely focus on life design. Mm. And mm. then the yoga, the dance, mm. the wonderful food. Mm. And then, of course, being in Bali, that is just because it's Hindu, yes. there's just spirit and energy everywhere. Yes. So it's just yeah. a very magical Beautiful. place, mm. uh, lots of synchronicity. Yeah. So people. Yeah really get this idea of like, wow, my life really can be about what I want to create. Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that's possible to create in just any place. Mm -hmm. But Bali, Mm -hmm. I feel there's an extra bit of magic there. Mm -hmm. So that is, we don't, we do a little bit about, we don't really do business, we do money. So, but it's more like, how do we design everything? So your relationships, Mm -hmm. your money, your purpose, Mm -hmm. your health, you know, everything that I've got eight different things that we focus on with your purpose being the center. Okay. Yeah. And thinking about people who don't necessarily have the desire to set up a business, but they're not necessarily either happy with their lives and are feeling a bit stagnant and stuck and maybe emotionally drained and lacking perhaps in self-worth and that kind of thing, what are the sorts of things that you would do daily to try and get yourself kind of out of that funk and feeling, I suppose, just more hopeful about life in general? Mm, yeah, it's such a good mm. question, especially today. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. we all I think have felt these past two years that mm. a much bigger sense of heaviness. I mean, I think a lot of us care, have always cared about the world, mm. and so of course we're always going to feel a sense of heaviness. But I think more so in these past yeah. two years. So again, I always would say doing what you love, mm. because when that raises your vibration, you feel better equipped to mm. deal with what's happening in the world. Um, and then you can offer that kindness or that compassion or that joy to somebody else and you can share more of that joy that's coming from you. So number one, I think that's, that's Mm. the most important thing. Mm. Then I think because we're in physical bodies as well, we really have to take care of our health. So be that eating, be that sleep, be that exercise, because obviously we're a spiritual being, but we're in a physical body. Mm -hmm. And if we're eating, you know, things that we know, you know, forget about if it's Big Macs or mm-hmm. Diet Coke, but mm-hmm. just if it's, you know, white flour and white yeah. bread and, you know, we're, we're not going to feel that happy. No. <laughs> so, and I think we've got to do everything possible to keep us, because we know what it's like, even in our, our dear and near relationships, when mm-hmm. we don't feel well, mm-hmm. we can snap at our partner. Exactly. So, yeah. and, a, and that's just a micro level, but on a macro level, mm-hmm. I feel this sense of, I want to feel good so I show up in the world as a better person too. Mm-hmm. So I think 
looking at doing things that we love, looking at our physical health, and then other things. I think if we can find a way to contribute, um, that doesn't necessarily have to be this big, massive thing again. Kind of, it doesn't have to be the Mother Teresa. No. But just you know, if, if you love dogs, you know, go and 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 um, volunteer at the dog shelter, yeah. or do something where you're giving back, and that helps us get out of our worry and our concern. Yeah. I don't think anyone listening to this podcast, it's, I don't think that it's, we're self-absorbed that this is a problem. We're just so worried about the world. Mm. But if we can even do something, you know, that's going to make us feel like we're making a difference. Mm. It shifts the focus, doesn't it? Yeah. And as you say, any, anything to help, yeah, whether it's a neighbor or, as you say, or yeah. volunteering somewhere, it's a, you know, yeah. it makes mm. a difference. It makes us feel... Yes, yeah, better about ourselves too. Yeah, mm. and mm. even s- just smiling and and mm. meeting people with your eyes. Mm. You know, I think mm. that's. I've noticed in Australia that's more common. Right. And in um, you know, in different places in, in Bali, that's very common too. Mm. But in different places in America, it's it's not. People don't look at you as as directly and mm. as, and and hold your gaze. Right. But that's I think sometimes if we can do that, that yeah. puts a little bit more love and compassion and kindness out in the world. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank yeah. you. And what's brought you the most satisfaction in your mm. life, whether it's business-related or, or personal? or Ah, oh, what a lovely question. <laughs> I love that question. I think probably teaching dance is right. one of my greatest joys because, because I didn't come from a dance background. I'm really good at helping people who think they can't dance mm. realize they can. So, And when I can see someone that goes through... You know, I think I have two left feet or I don't feel like I can dance. And you can see them letting go. Mm. I'll give an example. I had a girl at a retreat um, that was really worried about the ecstatic dance that we we're going to do, which right. is free, free dance. Yes. If you don't dance, the idea of free dancing for an hour yes. is like... Terrifying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I never push people, mm. but I was, I was just like, well, come and, and if you don't want to dance, you won't feel uncomfortable because there's lots of areas around where you can just sit and watch. Mm. And so the first time that she went, she just danced a little bit on the peripheral. The next time we did, we did it again. She danced a little bit more. By the end of the retreat, she's like, I want to be a dance teacher. Oh, wow. <laughs> so to see that, flip. exactly, because yeah. oh, it brought wonderful. her so much joy. Yeah. So mm. I think that is, and not that someone has to go to that extreme, mm. but mm. when I can see people lose their inhibition and sink into that joy, yeah. that that just brings me so much joy. Yes. And then I think the other thing, if... In, because I teach business and lifestyle, so I'm a very strong uh, proponent for both of those. So money and your life working equally. Mm-hmm. So if people are doing my retreats or my programs and they have big shifts, so even like this past weekend I did a training and a young gentleman said that he had been told he needed to put his martial arts love on the background while he built his business so that that could you know grow more quickly. Yeah, yeah. So when I was talking, I talked about how we have to be doing what we love now. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily going into martial arts 40 hours a week, mm. but you can do it, you know, a little bit each week so that's sourcing you and your business will grow that much more quickly. Yes. So that's when he made that shift, that mm. just, you yeah. know, that makes my day. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. wonderful. And the next sort of year or two, what are your plans? I mean, how mm. far ahead do you think, actually? Have you got a kind of five-year plan do you have a vision mm. or is it more around making sure you're continuing to do what you love or because I know you know you've, you've set up another couple of businesses really in yeah. the last few years haven't you so yes. you're first of all I'm asking too many questions at the same time but your 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 plan for the next year or two mm. you know it's it's so interesting how things shift and change mm. and 
I still always think that we need to set goals. Mm. Um, and then you're open to how life kind of guides you, you know, because mm. so, life is, you know, is always informing us. And so probably about, I would probably say 20 year, years ago when I started, I always had this idea of wanting a wellness institute. Mm. And I've had that dream for a long time until about probably about five years ago. Right. I had a little shift in me where I was like, you know, I'm teaching all of this stuff. I do retreats. Mm. Actually, what I want at the moment is I just want to make sure my home is a sanctuary mm -hmm. and I want to still have this freedom to travel the world and have my online courses and be teaching all of this, mm. but I don't necessarily have to have a wellness retreat mm. that maybe would keep me in one place. Yeah. But now it's funny, and I think it's just how we evolve. Now I'm back in this place, and probably because we're looking to settle in Australia. Yes, which is very exciting for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm like super excited about it. And that dream has come back because I think I want to start setting down roots again. Right. So okay. there was a period mm. where I didn't. I really mm. liked, and I will always love to travel. Mm. But I think mm. the fact that you know we've been traveling around the world, living in many, many different places. Now we're looking to settle here, mm. and then I think that dream has come back. You know, I still do want that. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of life. You know, mm. you can have a dream, and then it can shift, and mm. then you can come back to it yes, exactly. when it feels right. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely right. That's mm. wonderful. And online, I mean, would you say now today that everybody, if they're going to have big success, they have to have a strong um, presence online. Online presence, yes. Mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't need to have the personal interaction. Mm. So it, it's just where we're going with the world. We've got to have an online, um, not only a presence, but the ability to reach more people around the world. Yeah. And I can't remember the stats right now, but there's X amount of people online, which it's like so big the number mm. but mm. as the world I mean the population keeps expanding every year there's going to be more and more and more people online so yeah. it's this ever expanding yeah. market so we absolutely need to mm. but it doesn't mean that we still don't have that connection with people so I, mm. I see my business I would probably say 90% is online but I still do things in person because you've got to have that people want that connection and yeah. I do too mm. so something like this like a podcast we could have done you know from our yes, homes exactly. yeah. but it was mm. nice to actually be able to in mm. some podcasts I do I just do it you know as an interview sure. but this mm. is really nice or this weekend I just did a live training my retreats are live. Mm. So I think it's good to have a mix. Mm. But even in my business, about 90% of it is is online. Yeah. Because I want to reach more people, which I could never do just you know face-to-face -face or even doing big seminars. Mm. Mm. And just sort of starting to wind down, in your daily um, kind of a method of operation, mm. as it were, when you, you obviously have, you obviously have a, a plan for the day before you actually start it. Yeah. From a health perspective, what do you do first? Because you're just looking glowing, and I just want what oh. you know. From a physical point of view, I know you're doing what you love, which is more about the sort of spiritual, emotional. Mm. What are your sort of three top tips there? Absolutely, yeah. and more around how I create my day, or creating your day, and then the kind of physical what keeping you healthy. Very keeping healthy. Yeah. Mm. Well, one thing I really, for me, exercise is easy. Like mm. I do, it gives me. A lot of joy mm -hmm. uh, so it's not actually that hard for me to do yeah. and I know some people really struggle with with exercise mm -hmm. um, but I also know that when I exercise if I'm stressed when I come back after I've exercised I'm not as stressed and I'm more resourceful so I know it's a good business strategy as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. and then of course when we're healthy you know our mood is better mm -hmm. we think of better ideas so exercise for me is a non-negotiable mm -hmm. so it, it always gets done so even for say for example today 
I had a ton of stuff to do around this business visa. Obviously, mm-hmm. you were coming, mm-hmm. but I just knew I needed to get down into town and go to the gym yeah. because that will make me not only feel better, it just makes me a better business person, a better partner, mm-hmm. just everything. Mm-hmm. So it is, a, I think, making certain things non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, exercise is one of those things. Um, I also really like to plan my week on Sunday evenings. Mm-hmm. A lot of my people that go through my courses, I always tell them you can do Sunday night or Monday morning. Yes. Choose one yes. of those, so whichever is better for you. Um, and then also some physical things like water. Mm-hmm. I know it's such a little thing, but keeping drinking all day is such an anti-aging tip, but also it keeps our minds really agile it keeps our joints lubricated just Mm. and i swear probably supplements eating a lot of raw food in my diet and water Mm. are probably Mm. three of the things that have helped um doing what i love exercising too but there's some physical food things that really help too and that's a really easy thing to do like yes exactly you know you can just yeah yeah Mm -hmm. And after all these years, mm-hmm. even though I know water is so good for me, mm-hmm. I've got to have it bus- beside me or I'll... You don't drink it. Yeah, because I, no, I don't I'm, actually I'm get admit, thirsty. I'm not good at... No, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And yeah. suddenly realize mm-hmm. I haven't had any. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh. So those are little mm-hmm. things. And let me just think if there's any, any other thing. I think one of the big things that I learned, and I teach this in my retreats a lot, and actually all my, all my programs is the power of three. Like when we mm-hmm. get overwhelmed to just think of three things mm-hmm. and even in terms of the goals for the year, for the week, for the day. So every year I always think about, okay, what are the most three important things to me this year? And then every month, the most three important things every week, three most important things every day. What are the three most important things to get done? Yeah. And I know even if I got one of those things done, I'm further ahead than most of the universe yes, exactly <laughs> and you're going to feel you know better about yourself and also mm-hmm. i mean i know that to-do lists can go on and on and on yeah. and on can't mm-hmm. they and then you just feel overwhelmed you just sit down and have a cup of tea yes yes exactly <laughs> and curl up in bed but just yes, having right. those three that you focus yeah. on mm-hmm. you know even if you just did one mm-hmm. no one can can expect you to do more mm-hmm. if you got one important thing done every day yeah mm-hmm. yeah thank you carmen you're i'm so welcome. grateful if people want to contact you what's the best way they do that Absolutely. There's a mm. couple of places. So my website is just carmenmarshall.com, mm-hmm. C-A-R-M-E-N-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. And then when you go to it, it'll say Soulcraft, but my website's just my first and last name. Or on Instagram at Carmen underscore Marshall. Wonderful. And then mm. Facebook, just Carmen Marshall, business and lifestyle expert. Fantastic. So probably those Thank three you. places. Wonderful. Mm. You're such an inspiration, I think, for mm. so many. And it's just so lovely to see somebody enjoying their life and doing you know what they want but in a way that's helping others as well and i'm really grateful for you to spend you spending this time with me thank you thank you kate and thanks for asking such inspirational fun questions (laughs) and good luck you know moving here as well it'd be lovely to see more of you too thank you Thank you for joining me and the Remarkable Carmen Marshall on the Remarkableness podcast today. If you'd like to contact Carmen, her website address is www.carmenmarshall.com and her other contact details are on the show notes or on my website, which is www.theremarkablenesspodcast.com, where you will, of course, find all the other previous episodes. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would as always love to hear your comments. If you feel it would be helpful for others, then please share it with them. And thank you and see you next time.